But without further ado, what's up, Aditi? Now, does it? It's time for family therapy. With there Aditi. we go, Aditi. Do you have <laughs> a a very long middle name, or do you have a regular Americanized middle name? No, actually, my middle name is Kinkabwala. Oh, really? Wow. When I got married, I had to change my name. What? I pushed Kinkabwala to the middle, so I'm Aditi Kinkabwala Warginis. No, but well, but what's your birth last name? Middle name. Or wait a second. No. My birth middle name is my father's name because that's Indian tradition oh, that you okay. always get yeah. that the babies always have the father's first name as their middle name. Ah, yeah. Okay. My, my, my wife that. had to do the Which, same interestingly thing. Interestingly enough, that was my husband's. Oh, I'm sorry, G, but that was my husband's tradition too. My husband's middle name is his father's name. So I don't know that that's only Indian. That might just be tradition across several different cultures. I don't know. My wife did the exact same thing, and she changed her middle name to her maiden name. Her maiden name is now her middle name. Got you. Got you. I see what you're saying. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, my wife did the same thing. So Jason, what's her her middle name now? Zali. That was her maiden name. Good Italian. Zali. Did she have her middle name? And what did you do with your kids? Did it? Did you give Zali to either of, to any of your no. kids? No, no, they're Lloyd through and through. They're, they're Lloyd men. They're Lloyd men. They're all Lloyd. Uh, but uh, she, her original, she was named after um, her grandmother, and she booted the name out. Got rid of Grandma's name. Grandma got out. Grandma got out. So she's now. But we don't hyphenate or anything like that. They are they are Lloyd children. Yeah, I mean, we don't either, but how's this one? You'll probably, this probably says a lot that you'll either approve or disapprove of. Uh, Nico, my first, Mm -hmm. his middle name is Kinkabwala because at the time my brother hadn't had a son. My cousin hadn't had any children. I had no idea if the Kinkabwala name would go on. And my argument was that your middle name is just an initial. So let it mean something. But here's what's really funny is that Nico tells everybody that his name is Nico Kinkabwala Werginis. <laughs> that is, now that's a mouthful. When, yeah, when the janitor, so one day I was at multicultural night at Fairview Elementary School, and the janitor pulls me aside, or the custodian, the school custodian pulls me aside, and he says, you know, your son runs everything at recess. He's the one that's the quarterback and the coach and the this, this, and this. And after a little while, I was like, I wonder why he knows he's my kid, because the custodian knows me as a Didi Kinkabuela, but Nico should be known as Nico Warginis in school. So why would anybody put the two together? Mm-hmm. And I asked Nico, I said, have the custodian know that you're my son? And he goes, Mommy, I tell everybody that my name is Nico Kinkabuela. Wow. That's, oh, wow. That's good that's awesome. I was like, don't tell your daddy that. Don't tell your daddy that. <laughs> and thus it comes back to the husband <laughs> again. Here we I go. Know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, anyway, no, moving funny. on. <laughs> we were... No, I was, you know what, guys? I was, to be perfectly honest, yeah. I was just in the doctor in the doctor's office for an hour and a half with my three-year-old. So if any news broke in the last hour and a half, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to tell Mikey, hey, give me three more minutes so I can just yeah. do the cliff notes to see if I missed anything major. No, well, um, I don't think anything's happened major. in the last hour. Nothing nothing major. No. Nope. So, but let's okay. talk about what happened yesterday. I'm, I'm curious, uh, your take. We haven't. We actually haven't even talked about this yet, but which kind, like of the two uh, quarterbacks that signed yesterday, Derek Carr signs with New Orleans four for 150, and Geno re-signs with Seattle three for 105. Which, like, if you were those teams, which, or if you were a fan of those two teams, which of those contracts would you be happier with? As a fan, I think that's so hard because each one is the right fit where they are. And I think that, you know what, like the one thing that we've learned in covering the NFL is that so much of these contract numbers are fake numbers. Like it's what does the agent want out there to look like it is something. And this is something that I know for a fact about, for instance, David and Joku's contract. The way that it was billed and publicly put out there is not what it actually is if you get into the nitty gritty. And so the people that leak contract numbers are always agents. Agents look better if those numbers seem inflated in some way. Completely separate of that, I think that Geno Smith gave the Seahawks so much more than that fan base expected a year ago. 
every quarterback is better a second year in a system than in a first year. You can only expect more. You have to feel good about that. And you guys know what a big fan of Derek Carr's I am and how motivated he is to have a monster year right now and go someplace where he feels that he is appreciated. And he is bar none, bar none, one of the best humans and best leaders I've been around in the National Football League. Everything that he has put up with, with the Raiders organization, the undying loyalty he gave that organization, the way that he was willing to go down with the ship with that organization, the Saints are very, very fortunate to have him. Very by, fortunate By the to way, have neither him. of those guys has ever won a playoff game. Right, but I don't think that Derek Carr was in ever any sort of position to um, do so. You know, two years ago, it was sort of a surprise with Rich Basakia after the yeah. mess of that season. And P.S., it was Derek Carr who helped hold that team together when there was the John Gruden mess and the Henry Ruggs mess and all of that. I think that Gino, I mean, Gino hasn't really had a chance. He hasn't played. Right? Yeah. So just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't happen. True. Aditi, uh, what would you do? We just played a little uh, musical chairs about what would they sign, cut, trade somebody. If you were the Baltimore Ravens and you were in charge per se, um, would you sign Lamar Jackson to the guarantee contracts that he wants? Would you trade him um, for draft picks or capital or would you franchise tag him? I think right now the Ravens absolutely have to franchise tag him. Um, for multiple reasons. And so much of this is also a psychological game, right? Like Lamar Jackson is the type of player that you want to make sure knows that you have unyielding faith in him and you are totally loyal to him. And I think nothing could be more detrimental than if word got out or word got to him that the Ravens were kicking the tires on trading him, which... I'm not saying they are or that I've heard has happened. I just think that there's sort of a bigger picture here, a bigger game here. But from the beginning, I've said to you, I think that this is just sort of the most unusual, fascinating, if you want to use that word, contract negotiation that I've ever witnessed in any sort of way. And I have no question that Eric DaCosta has wanted it done for a long time, that he's putting everything in to get it done. But that's why the decision today, whether it's the exclusive franchise tag or the non-exclusive, is very interesting to me. Yeah, it is. I it seems like it would be easy to say, oh, well, it should be the exclusive. You're all in on this player. You believe in this player. You've designed your offense around this player, all of that. Um, the non-exclusive saves money. I don't think that this is what this is about. You know, it, it, Steve Bashotti doesn't make decisions. The Ravens owner doesn't make decisions. How do I save a couple dollars? It's how do I win? But remember, Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. So if it's the non-exclusive, how are other teams even necessarily getting a hold of him to negotiate another deal? That's just always yeah. sort of been the story since he even came out of college, that it was a little bit of a more different, more difficult negotiation than with, let's say, your average player. But we also shouldn't speak in generalities. It's not like every agentless player is hard to negotiate with, and Eric DaCosta just got a deal done with Roquan Smith, who doesn't have an agent. Aditi, I'm, the Lamar Jackson thing, there's a lot about his situation that I find, I guess, irritating. There's a lot of things that irritate me, obviously, but this in particular, because it, when, when Lamar first came in the league, Bill Polian famously made the idiotic statement that he was a wide receiver or whatever, whatever. I don't know if it was tight end or wide receiver. And it seems like ever since then, anybody that has anything to say about Lamar Jackson that's not he's the greatest quarterback ever is admonished. Like, you can't be critical yeah. of him at all. It's absurd to me, okay? <laughs> I, am a, I like watching Lamar Jackson play. He is one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch play. The Ravens are in a tricky spot because since his MVP year, he hasn't been that good. Let's face the reality of it. I, there's some people that just can't admit that. I don't understand what's going on. It's only him. There's not a single other player in this situation. I mean, he's very, very polarizing, it's, right? Like, you're either all or nothing on Lamar Jackson. It's, and it's, it's almost crazy. like if you're in a middle spot like right. you are, or yeah. you sound to be to me, you can yeah. call him a great player who hasn't necessarily played – 
as great as he has in the past in right. recent history. I don't understand why that gets pigeonholed as like, oh my gosh, well then you are this. I, it's, it's, it's very interesting, like you're right. Whenever there's other, when other quarterbacks are negotiating with teams, there's not ever this attack on the team as if they're evil here. The Ravens, and I hate the Ravens, but they're being painted as like, they're this, yeah. this major slight against Lamar. I wouldn't want to guarantee him more than Deshaun Watson's been guaranteed when he's been hurt the last two years and hasn't played that well. I don't want to trade him either because his upside is through the roof and we've seen what he can be at his best. I'm not sure if he can play at that level consistently. And so, honestly, I'm not sure what to do. But I can't blame the Ravens for not wanting to guarantee every last dollar to him. So I don't think they're evil. I think they're in a tricky spot and they don't, they're not sure what to do i i it's it's tough and they got to make a decision and it's but. it's not only the ravens look russell wilson didn't get ever got a big huge fat contract and didn't get every single penny guaranteed i mean that's sort of the way kyler murray didn't get every single penny guaranteed it's not as if the ravens are the outlier in the right. business model that's it's true. actually the browns and deshaun watson that are that's the correct. outlier yes and Sure, Lamar Jackson is allowed to go chase whatever he possibly Absolutely. wants. Absolutely. But if that market doesn't exist for a fully guaranteed $230 million contract or a fully guaranteed $250 million contract, I mean, I don't... I wonder... It's hard, it's hard to sit here. Go I mean, ahead. Sorry to cut you off, but I wonder if the reason the Ravens might go with the non-exclusive franchise tag is, to, is because they don't think anybody else is guaranteeing him all this money either... And they're going to say to him, look, teams could have signed you. Now, they got to give up two first-round picks if the Ravens don't match it. But these teams could, like, if you want to trade for Lamar, you got to give up two first-round picks anyway. So, like, right. these other teams are not going to pay you, so maybe we'll franchise you, and now you'll be more reasonable next year. Or as I'm not saying he's not being reasonable, but as they see it, you'll be more reasonable. But see, that's what's so interesting too, right? Like if you have an agent, your agent can quietly assess what the market actually is out there. So this right. could be, you know, the Ravens can say to Lamar until they're blue in the face, you're going to have a difficult time getting another team to give you $250 million. Nobody else is telling him that because he doesn't have an agent that's calling right. other teams to find out if that actually exists. And maybe so some team will give him that. The non-exclusive tag yeah. is that in theory, the Ravens are letting him see the market. Yeah, And right. see that the market as he envisions it may not actually be materializing. I don't know. I mean, I don't envy Eric DaCosta at all. No. And I've said this over and over. I know that you hate the Raven, hate the Ravens as yeah, a yeah. fan. Yeah. But I think you can even agree with me. The way that they go about their business. Brilliant. I mean, that's about as classy of an organization yeah. as you yeah. can get. Absolutely. From top down, from ownership to the way that Ozzie Newsom has stayed aboard and worked so well with Eric DaCosta, the way that Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh, I mean, heck, they live in the same neighborhood. You know, the the friendships, the the loyalty, the allegiance, the way that they treat their players. I remember when Al Villanueva was considering an offer from them, and I think you guys know this, that we're extremely good friends. Right. I had said to him, just as much as you think the Steelers and Mike Tomlin are player-friendly, the Ravens are too, in a different way. John Harbaugh is a player's coach in a different way than Mike Tomlin is, but no lesser. And it's the truth. I mean, they are a great organization. They run their business the way you'd want a business to be run. I feel terrible that there are people that are painting them, people on the outside, yeah. painting them as the bad guys in this. I don't think there's a bad guy. No. I just think that there's not a meeting of the minds here, and it's really hard. Yeah. Okay, so let's play this out a little bit. And this isn't what I want to ask you. I do want to get to one other topic with you, but let's play out this, the non-exclusive tag on Lamar. If a team does were to sign him, you're getting them for a hell of a lot less than what the Broncos gave up for Russ and what the Browns gave up trade-wise for Deshaun, and yet it allows Baltimore to recoup two number ones for him. It kind of sounds like that's the I, – I think Lamar's played his last snap for Baltimore, me personally, just what I think. But it sounds like the non-exclusive tag is the way that everyone wins on this. What am I not I seeing? I mean, I can't disagree with you, Jason. I'll be yeah. I'm almost like afraid to publicly say that because of Adam's point that you're suddenly the bad yeah, guy. you are. I'm not saying that Lamar – look, 
Lamar can be the franchise quarterback in Baltimore for the next decade and lead them to nine Super Bowls. Like, I'm not saying that's out of the realm of possibility. But to what you're saying, it does seem like a smart play. Because part of me, and I'll quote Mike Tomlin again, you want volunteers, not hostages. And if Lamar doesn't want to be there, then okay, right? Like if Lamar doesn't trust that you're trying to do the best that you reasonably can, then I... It, I don't know. I, I'm like worried that Mikey's going to snip this off and put it on social and I'll be attacked. Yep. I will that. not. I promise. I promise. That's why I'm like cutting off my sentences midstream so that <laughs> no one gets them, Jason. But I, th- I think you raise a very, very good point. And this is part of the fun of being an armchair GM. And again, why I don't actually envy Eric Tagasta yeah. because you do fear Let's say you do do the non-exclusive and let's say you do say to Lamar, go, go test the market, go see if that 250 million guaranteed market exists and materializes. But what if Lamar takes that personally and that sets him in a bad place, Yeah. right? Yeah. And then he ends up coming back to you. But, and again, all of these, again, I'm not saying this is who... Lamar is but let's say he is a little Nick and he's like well these guys didn't fully believe in me so maybe I'll take this weekend off again not saying he's going to do that not saying that that's his personality but these are all the permutations that a general manager has to think of when making this move and I mean it's fun for us Jason to sit here and do that but that's because he's not on our roster that's absolutely right and that sort of segues into what I originally want to ask you Four teams are going after Deshaun last year. Carolina, New Orleans, Cleveland, Atlanta. Those were the four finalists. I'm wondering, I mean, two of those teams are still looking for a quarterback, and Atlanta and Lamar make a lot of sense, if you ask me. I know that's been out there for a while. But New Orleans lands on Derek Carr. Cleveland has Deshaun. Carolina and Atlanta are still shopping. I don't know how, that I have a bold statement to make. It's just I'm fascinated to continue to watch those four teams as they progress and try and find – a quarterback solution if they go to the draft if they chase Lamar where where do you think those two stand today with Deshaun in Cleveland Derek in New Orleans what is the best fitter I guess who do you think is happiest and what happens with Carolina Atlanta as they continue the search I mean well I'm fascinated to see I keep using that word but I am intrigued to see what Carolina does and I love that staff I mean if I'm a quarterback I would love to go play for Josh McCown and Frank Reich done yeah. I mean, Josh McCown is, and I, I actually said this to Josh last week, in all my years of covering the NFL, there were two players that really, really stood out. Like, this guy's going to be a coach one day. D'Amico Ryans and Josh McCown. And, and I am so excited that Josh is now in this position and doing it this way, kind of building up. And, you know, when I talked about it, it, it doesn't have to take a long time. D'Amico went, in six years, D'Amico went from an assistant, a defensive assistant, essentially a quality control guy to a head coach. And that's because of his knowledge of the game, his otherworldly leadership, his ability to connect. I think Josh is very similar in that way. And I think that if you have your ears open, that's a guy you can learn so, so, so much from. And I think Frank Reich is just one of the good humans in the game and is always going to put a quarterback in a position to succeed. So I love that pairing. I love the idea of someone going to play for them. Um, we we know this it's what's around you what's the best group and as great as you may be and Derek Carr knows this firsthand because of his brother's experience right like if you have a crap offensive line if you don't have any receivers to throw to if you don't all of those things play into it what right now I think that the Browns are in the best stead because you have Deshaun Watson clearly extremely happy to work with Kevin Stefanski that seems to be a very very good open flow of conversation collaboration if you want to call it we know that Kevin isn't a guy that has an ego about what he calls or runs that Deshaun with each passing day is getting more vocal and saying this is what I like I don't like etc you love that line and you love that run game and both of those things that line and that run game helps set up a quarterback for success would you like to see more production from the wide receiver spot as a whole sure But I also think that that's a really good setup. And I mean, it's hard. You know, if Carolina and Atlanta get rookies, how can you say that they're in better shape than Deshaun Watson? 
So heading into this even season, even without knowing who's going to Carolina or Atlanta, I mean, especially since Aaron Rodgers isn't rumored to be going to either spot. <laughs> Do you guys think he ends up in New Jersey, by the way? Do you think God, he really ends way. up the yeah. Jet? God, I, I don't know what, where else is there. He you had know, conversations today. I hope he ends up with a long they walk off a today. short pier. <laughs> Seriously, you're not an Aaron Rodgers person at all, Adam. No. I just think he's, he's just such a drama queen. It's so annoying. <laughs> I mean, he's a great player, you know, obvi- or he was. I don't know how good we is share he share a birthday. P.S. We share a birthday. So there might be something in our sun signs that are the same. Are you a drama queen too? I don't think of you as a drama queen. I mean, you. I tend to not think so. No. But so. there may be others who disagree. She's <laughs> being a little. <laughs> Gee, I sense your silence. I, I, I said, I, I was going by what your son said. He said, listen, he, he's like, how do you know? How do you know? Uh, you know, that's that's your mom. Well. You know, I do. That is my mother. I've watched her <laughs> ap- operate around here. No, uh, I will say this, Aditi. Um, is, is, is DeAndre Hopkins washed up? Because every time they bring his name up, like people are like, uh, I'm cool on him. Is he washed? Can he help the Browns? I don't think he's going to end up there. Um, I can tell you that because, again, I think so much has to do with fit, G. Right. And I don't I'm not a huge fan of the quarterback play that we saw in Arizona. Um, That doesn't mean that I'm not a fan of Kyler Murray's. That doesn't mean that I don't think something more can be gotten out of Kyler Murray. But I, I think that the DeAndre Hopkins to Sean Watson reunion is a very, very, very big long shot. And I also, another thing that's very difficult as someone who is, you know, on the other side of her career, very difficult to acknowledge, but the truth is it's far easier to get immediate production from a young wide receiver than perhaps other positions. Mm -hmm. So rather than taking a flyer on a guy who you even have questions about whether he's on the backside of his career, if he is or is not washed up. Why not chase a young, fresh talent who's got young, fresh legs, who's got something to prove, and who, quite frankly, costs less and costs, counts less against the cap? Although the I wouldn't argue- say that for every position. You guys have heard me say, yeah. like, sometimes you need to pay for that older veteran mm-hmm. because of everything else he brings to the ecosystem of the locker room and to the professionalism you've tried to build. I mean, you've heard me say that Jarvis Landry was worth it, even if he couldn't run the same way that he ran four years ago. But I think in a position like that, a game-breaking receiver, you might have more luck looking for a young guy. I think the, the concern is the last – Two times the Browns have drafted a receiver third round or higher. It's been Anthony Schwartz and what's his name? David Bell. David Bell. Yeah. So, I mean, David Bell was a rookie. Maybe he'll turn it around. Schwartz is already shot. You, you got to cut him. But I'm not listen. I'm not willing to give up on Bell because yeah, Bell does indeed have a great catch radius. He's really, really smart. He's got very dependable, reliable hands. Schwartz, we always knew, was a flyer, right? Yeah, he right. never had great hands. No. Never. I mean, he's a, he's a sprinter. So, and it's almost like Darius Hayward Bay. You get really infatuated (laughs) with the speed. You get so excited. Oh my gosh, this is otherworldly speed that can get behind everyone, which Schwartz can. But as much as you work on catching the ball, I think that there just has to be something innate. You know, an Antonio Brown can catch 100 balls off the jugs machine every day and get better at catching, but that's because of the way that he started. Right. People get Anthony so Schwartz enamored. can catch 100 balls off the jugs machine every day, but there's only so much better he's going to get. People get enamored with the speed or the athletic ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, if the guy didn't show it in college, I, I don't know. Like, we talk about John Ross. We mentioned him yesterday. <laughs> Bengals drafted him top 10. Everybody's getting all hot and bothered for this Anthony Richardson now. Like, well, where was he in college? Why wasn't he better in college? If he's, if he's, I mean, maybe he's going to be great. I don't know. But, Aditi, we were just put under the gun last half hour. Mikey made a new game. It was our version. You know the game, blank, marry, kill. You could say FMK. FMK, you know that game? Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so we played a version called keep, cut, trade. 
with, yeah. and it was a really good, we had like the superstars of Cleveland, in different sports. So I'm not going to ask you the ones that Mikey asked, but let me ask you, uh, if you, you have to choose, okay? Keep, trade, cut. Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, Joel Batonio. What are you doing? Keep, keep, keep. No, that's not the game. That's not You've it. You've got to keep one, trade one, and, and cut one. That's the, what the, kind of game is that? Look, <laughs> a damn good one. That's what we just had to we do had for to do half an hour. We, we, infuriate, we infuriated all of Cleveland. We pissed for off half the whole hour. audience because we had to cut Nick Chubb to keep Donovan Mitchell. Oh, my and God. Over he's my keep. I keep Nick. Well, we had a different. We had a different with Cavs and Guardians. Guards was a, the best Guardians player, the best Cavs player, and and Nick Chubb. Adam's making it all Browns players for you. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, all, no, all right, well, give me your would, choice. Um, you can do that one or you can do BG and Bull. Okay, I, I got, would keep Nick. God, this Nick? hurts. I'd keep Nick. Yeah. Wow. That's um, a good move. I'd trade Old Miles move. because I think Miles has greater trade value than right. Joel does. And you'd cut and I'd cut Joel. Yeah. And I'd hire him back as my assistant O-line coach. (laughs) There you go. So he'd keep everybody in line. So that's what I would do. I'd get the most value for Miles. That's why I'd trade him. I could retain Joel in a capacity where he brings me so much of what I count on and need from from Joel. And I would keep Nick Chubb because that's what I think of Nick Chubb. Okay. You should have made, made her pick between Tomlin and Harbaugh. Oh, yeah. Stefanski, Tomlin, Harbaugh. Cut, keep, trade. Oh. Wait, so who are the three? Stefanski, Tomlin, and Harbaugh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that's a good one, That's G. a very good one. We'll play this game with some uh, right. AFC North Well, I trade Mike time. Tomlin because he's the one I get the most for. The entire country is enamored of Mike Tomlin. Everybody outside of the city of Pittsburgh thinks Mike Tomlin is the biggest genius that ever lived, and players think they want to play for him. So I'm getting the most in return for Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Trade him, therefore. Yeah. Um, I keep John because yeah. that I think he's a top-five coach. He's won a Super Bowl. And yeah. unfortunately, as much as I personally like Kevin, I'd have to cut him. He could but be a co- that's John bringing back his coordinator. Carry him onto his staff. He could Ke- be his quarterback. In fairness, Kevin would cut Kevin. Kevin would cut <laughs> he would. If he you would. give Kevin that question, Kevin would cut himself. You got to be realistic yeah. about it. That's. No, but that's you'd crazy. have to sit here like part of the whole thing with trade is what can you get in return? Yep. What can you net in return? Which was all the way going back to your non-exclusive. If you lose Lamar Jackson, at least you get two first-round picks. Right. All right, Aditi, Ian Rappaport. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this one Mikey is definitely putting online. Hey, <laughs> that yeah. would blow up, Aditi. So hey, if, we you need, want, if you want to answer need, it, we'll, we we'll definitely do it. We need that. You want me to ask you one like that or no? I won't put you on that spot if you don't want me to. No, <laughs> I didn't think so. All right, seriously, getting back to wide receiver, let's bring it back there. I know you said go with the young guy, and I'm fine with them drafting a guy, but I, do, I would like to, them to bring in a veteran. I think Hopkins is too expensive. Phone's dead. What, okay. <laughs> you know, used to be. Uh, but I like the idea of Brandon Cooks because he has the experience with Watson, like Hopkins. He's a little younger and a little and less expensive. What do you think about Brandon Cooks? And he has the speed element. He may uh-huh. not be as fast as he was, but he has the speed element that the Browns could use. What do you think about that? I, I do. I, I like him. I do. I, all of this depends on what the price is. Like, if you ask me, where am I spending more money or where am I committing my attention to first and then seeing what I have left, it's on that defensive front. You need to shore up that defensive front. You need to give Jim Schwartz what he needs. And we saw it. We saw it with the Eagles. We saw it with the Chiefs. Everything starts up front. The teams that build from the line of scrimmage out are the ones that have the most success. And right now... The Browns' defensive line needs a lot of help. Or maybe a lot isn't fair, but see what that takes. Right. And then see what you've got left. But we were saying yesterday, we feel like, I mean, the Browns went all in on Watson. They got to be, in a way, salary cap be damned. And they got to fill up. We can't, it can't be a wide receiver or D tackle. You got to. You got to fill both. It's not an either or, but it's who are you spending more money on? Who are you devoting more of the cap to? Who is more of a priority? 
You got to lock okay, up yeah, that sure. defensive line first, and then you figure out the wide receiver. Which is why I don't understand this Jesse Bates thing. They just spent $12 million on his safety. How'd that work out? Why would you go and do that yeah. again? Safety of all positions feels like a spot you could fill with a third or fourth round draft pick. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know that I'm seeing that happen, although I will tell you this. Jesse Bates is one of my favorite players He's in the awesome. league. And he's better just than John that, Johnson. Okay, that's great. But I don't a leader, that good of a guy. I mean, he, but I love John Johnson too. But Jesse is just a different level. Jesse is, Jesse is one of my favorite in the league. I just don't know that it's multiple worth multiple ways, multiple you, ways. Not just you, his play, not just his leadership, not just his humanity. All of it, every which way. And if the Browns had competent NFL caliber defensive tackles and an edge rusher opposite Miles, I'd say great. Go yeah. spend fourteen million on a safety. Yeah. Money but for this yeah. defense and where they're at, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, again, it's yeah. let's see what you could do with your defensive front and then have that conversation. Yeah. Because it does, to your point, it does feel a little bit like a luxury. You know, to me, another wide receiver, when you've got Amari Cooper, when you have these young wide receivers that you have no reason to give up on yet, Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Bell and the availability of young talent out there, I just think that that's a little bit more of a luxury until you shore up that defensive front. That's got to be your priority. Yeah, totally agree. You did it part ways with Joe Woods and bring in Jim Schwartz if you didn't feel that way. Right. We saw yesterday, Aditi, that Carr got 150 million, Gino got 105. What do you think Daniel Jones ends up getting when this is all resolved? Oh, is he gonna get more? They were gonna that? ask me what Aditi Tinkabala is getting, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, not enough's the answer to that, Aditi." Yeah, I don't know. I that's a tough one because it really does feel right now like the league has this upper level elite group, and then there is kind of this like under elite group. And the question still remains, can you really actually win with them? Right. You know, and we like to think, and I've I've said this, you know, play great defense, run the ball well, and have a quarterback who doesn't make mistakes. And I think you can win that you don't need a quarterback who goes out there and wins for you every week. I think, but it's much harder. I, I don't agree with you personally right now. I don't think we've discussed this. I don't think you could win that way anymore. I think you could, but not yeah, anymore. and I, but, I, that's what I was getting to, Adam. Right. Is that okay, I don't know. I've said that for yeah. a while. I don't know that I really truly believe that anymore. I think that on any given Sunday, Deshaun Watson can put a team on his shoulders and win a game for you. I think on any given Sunday, Joe Burrow can put a team on his shoulders and win a game for you. I, uh, I just don't know that Daniel Jones is that person. But the market is what the market is, yeah. right? So, like, you'd have to think that his pay is somewhere in between there, as you just said. Um, but, again, this is where he's better than a rookie. He's better than someone you don't know. He gave you this in year one of Dayball, and how much do you yeah. believe that he can give you in year two of Dayball? Um that that's a hard one. And I do think where I was going with that, Adam, is I don't necessarily believe that anymore. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe. I think you can get to a certain spot with a quarterback who doesn't make mistakes. I think you can get somewhere. But I think when it comes down to it in the conference championship, in the Super Bowl, you need a guy that can put the team on his back. And you also need it's not even in those moments. It's just you need that swagger about you. Joe Burrow makes everybody else think that they're going to win every single weekend because of Joe Burrow. Trevor Lawrence, as the season went on, the reason that Trevor Lawrence was able to, staring at that big hole, whatever, I don't even remember, it was 28 nothing, whatever. That was yeah. a growth from Trevor Lawrence over the course of the year. And you need that. You need to feel now. like my quarterback can carry me. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're I don't right. Know that and, it that way about Daniel Jones. But. And you think about it, like the Niners are the perfect example, right? The Niners, yeah. if you if you say who's the most talented team in the NFL, not including quarterback, I think most people would say the Niners. I mean, they are loaded all over the right. field, and yet they can never get over the top because they haven't had a good quarterback. And I feel like they're the only team that's got a chance. Elite. They haven't had an elite. I mean, they've no. had serviceable, good, like right. nice little story. And it almost makes you wor wonder, would Purdy have been enough? Mm. If Purdy hadn't gotten I hurt, doubt. right? Like, could he yeah. have been enough right there? Right. But 
Yeah, I don't, uh, which all goes back to the whole Lamar Jackson and how much is Lamar Jackson worth? Because despite all these other things, is in that, or he has proven to be, not in the last two years, but he has proven to be in that otherworldly level. Aditi, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me, and thanks for, you know, blindsiding me with these crazy games. Hey, listen, we got blindsided by you. You're part of the team. You're part of the team. You got to deal with it. You won the cast. (laughs) Thanks, Aditi. As always, the 12 o'clock lunch hour is sponsored by Collie Gracing. Collie Gracing, your Northeast Ohio NASCAR team. Good conversation there. The the Giants are in a tricky spot. Yeah. The Ravens are in the tricky There's spot. There's no middle class for NFL quarterbacks anymore. I mean, we saw it yesterday. Yeah. It was G- – that's the middle – I don't even know if I call that middle class. Like, Geno and Derek Carr, right? Like I, – I, I think I'd – I mean, I agree with you guys. We've been screaming, you got to have a quarterback. you got to yeah. have a quarterback. Do you really want to be tied to a bad quarterback for $40 million? No. Imagine Cleveland if they sign Baker or Daniel – if oh. Daniel Jones gets this money – Carson Wentz in Philly, like, it's an anchor around your organization. Right. If Deshaun now, Watson Car- doesn't get back to being the quarterback he was, they will the be Cleveland. Boat. It will be Cleveland. Yeah. Now, Philly figured it out won a Super Bowl anyway. They got out of the Carson contract, and they right. or they got to a Super Bowl. They didn't win. Yeah. Got yeah. to a Super Bowl. Yeah. But it's hard, man. It's hard. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think if you think about it, guys, you know, there's professions where at the top of the food chain, there's only maybe 50 or so of these type people yeah. in the world that can do it. So like, yeah, you're an astronaut, right? You're one of the greatest 50. Now, you you may not be Buzz Buzz or Neil Aldrin. Armstrong and Buzz, Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Buzz Lightyear <laughs> Buzz Lightyear. I might be Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> but when I go into the negotiating table, I'm like, "Well, listen, I might not be Buzz Lightyear, but guess what? I'm one of 50. So, if I could do it at a competent level, you got to at least give me that. Like and like, it's a supply and demand supply, situation, Well, you right? don't find one. You said it before, Jason, when it came to JB. Well, is there a better coach? And you said, oh, there are. Well, the Ravens don't have a better option, certainly. Right. Not the, right now. Even the Giants, Daniel Jones, not as good as Lamar. But the Giants don't have a better option. I have so what no, do they do? as someone who, my dad's still a big-time Giants fan. I still, like, you know, follow Giants, grew up rooting for them. I have no idea what I want them to do. Like, I don't have an answer. I feel like I it's a lose-lose situation. It really is. Because if you pay him $40 million... You, you're fully, you're pot committed, essentially. I, I know you mentioned the, the Wentz thing, but the number keeps going up and up. Yeah. Although the salary cap does keep going up and up too. But like you're pot committed on him. You can't make any mistakes around it. Look at, again, the Niners are the example. Like if any team's going to win a Super Bowl without a great quarterback, it's the Niners. They're run great. They have a great coach. They have great skill position talent. But they're great on both sides of the they're line. lights out defensively. I mean, they're good everywhere. Yeah. But in the end, now, it was a unique situation because Purdy got hurt and they didn't really have a quarterback. But still, I mean, you know, I, I don't think they were going to win the Super Bowl either way. But you never know, I guess. But they haven't been able to get over the top because a quarterback, no matter how good the rest of the team is, and these other teams that are looking for quarterbacks, they're not nearly – like the Giants aren't nearly as good as the Niners. No, no. and here's here, – this might tell you everything you need to know. This Steve Becker just texted us, EP yeah. Steve, and he's a big-time Eagles fan. As an Eagles fan, I desperately want the Giants to re-sign Jones, please. So if another team in your division is praying you sign a quarterback to a $40 million yeah. deal, it's probably well, not a good thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Even though the alternatives for the Giants are not better, you never know, right? Like, sure. I know in Cleveland it's hard to feel that way because the never know work never works out here. But you brought the Eagles. Like, nobody thought Jalen Hurts was right, going to be this right. guy. Other organizations actually are competent. And, and it happens. And can right, find right. multiple it, quarterbacks. Yeah. Believe it or not. It, I would rather, as a Giants fan, I'm going to be honest with you. If I was there and it was Daniel Jones, give me Will Levis. Like, I... I, I no. I, no. I, 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 listen, Daniel Jones, it took you five years to get halfway decent. What was that? What's that? Before you finish it, I got to just defend him for one sec. Yeah. He had absolutely no weapons for four years and two of the worst coaches in the history of the NFL. That's not uncommon. Everybody, don't nobody got it. But he finally got a good coach and he showed, hey, maybe I'm not Or, Or is it that the coach got the – it was like – it was like here. I was like Stefanski in 2020 got the most you can get out of Baker. And you don't stick with him because he won one playoff game. You move on because if that's the best, it's not good enough. And I feel like that's the same with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones to me is of that ilk. He's the Baker. He's a the, tier the, three quarterback. He the, can't win with a tier three quarterback. The, the, I don't the, think the Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, 
he, that, that ain't going to get it done. No. Because no one believes that. You can it, make the playoffs with that quarterback. Yeah. You might win a playoff game or two. If the team's perfect around them, maybe you make a deep run. But ultimately, you're going to fall short I, with a quarterback. And like I that. literally think that, that if Dable is that good of a coordinator, yeah. he can get about that level of play with a, a young guy. Now, I, it's tricky because Daniel Jones has like. He's a good athlete and whatever, but I don't know. Ultimately, if I were the Giants, and by the way, if I'm the Giants, I'm not signing Saquon Barkley either. I, I am the day I am done spending money on running backs. So, uh, who would you rather? Would you rather be the Titans, who go nine and seven, ten? Well, now I guess ten and seven. Yeah, I make think the playoffs about, every yeah. year, or do you want to be the Giant? Let's say the Giants move on from Daniel Jones. Do you yeah. want to be the team that says he's not good enough? We need better. And you run the risk of falling to three and 14, four and 13. True. If I were the Giants, what I would do is I'd let Saquon walk and I'd franchise Daniel Jones. Because, I would too. Because then you, you overpay him for a year, but you find out maybe he does take another step. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe, at, but I'd want him to prove it was the same thing with Baker. Right. Like, yeah. Now, it never got to that because he didn't play well enough. But like, I, and that's why I, with him, I feel like, Unlike the Lamar situation, Daniel Jones can't be offended if he gets franchise tag because he, he's got to be realistic that he hasn't proven enough. Or at least Lamar can say, I want an MVP. They should believe in me. Someone want a franchise tag me? You go right ahead. I love yeah, it. well, give me that. For, some it, players take it million. as an insult, not an insult, but a, a, an annoyance because they yeah. want a long term deal. I yeah. get it. If I'm the Giants, I think that's the answer. I wouldn't. You can't just let them walk. Because you don't have a better option. Right. But I would franchise tag him if I'm the Giants. I, you know, it's kind of funny how you look at the NFC East. Because I'll tell you what. Yeah. Oh, the that wind was horrible. Took it. Oh, it almost rolled that down the chair into shot. the basket. The wind took the, it. The, that, that boy was horrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, D Dak Prescott, I'll tell you what. Oh! The lefty almost got it. <laughs> Dak Prescott, if they don't like yeah. you, if you don't franchise somebody, or excuse me, you don't give them a long-term deal, you franchise them, it never works out. I have not seen well, somebody I mean, get franchised and they balled out uh, as a quarterback. Uh, well, Kirk Cousins got paid twice off of it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and Dak is not the same player anymore. Dak is Dak just looks washed. Yeah, Dak still has one and a half ankles. Ever since he got he is that serious injury, he has no mobility anymore. Uh, uh, anyway, let's get so okay. Now let's look at the players. Let's, we do let's, have one more topic, yep. Yeah, let's get to this topic, guys. Uh, yesterday, Mikey McNuggets asked us the question, who is the Browns player that essentially did nothing? That's at least how I took it. Or had a, I'll say had a, had a run-of-the-mill or worse year in 2022 that we think could take a leap into respectability or better in 2023, right? I didn't take it that way. How'd you take it? The way he phrased it, but my phone's dead and on the floor, okay. so I can't. I remember. phrased it as who is a candidate to be the Browns' breakout okay, star? Break okay, breakout. All right, breakout star. Okay, fine. So I undersold the uh, question. So, but he, real quick, but yeah. to tell you how it was interpreted differently, you and Jay and I have Jay's answer took it in one direction. G and Jason picked the same player and took it a little different direction. So let them start, and okay. then I'll be Jay in this scenario. Yeah. I, by the way, there was I didn't have any answers that I was comfortable with, but. But I had to pick somebody, so I did. Go yeah, I was actually – I was hoping I could find a defensive player, but yeah. I, I couldn't. No. I couldn't. No. So, I was really down to two guys and for two completely different reasons. Maybe I, – yeah. I was Oh, down by the way, something we need to clarify, sorry. Deshaun Watson was not an eligible Watson answer. was not eligible, yeah. yes. Besides yeah. Watson. Yeah. Go ahead. I was down to the Davids, David Njoku and David Bell. Okay. And I went Njoku, but I think you could make a case for David Bell as being that guy. And you heard Didi say, I'm not out on, on David, and I know he doesn't have top-end speed but he threw it anywhere near him. He's going to catch it. But I went with Njoku only because if you look at his numbers from last year, they really weren't – I mean, he had he had a really good year. I think his second year and his numbers were very similar to that, 58, yeah. 628. And, and I was expecting more out of him this year, and I think with a full year of Deshaun, I think you'll get it. I think he could flirt with 1,000 yards, 80 catches, 900 yards, seven or eight touchdowns. And so that, to me, is a breakout over where he is now. And uh, and so I went with him. I thought about David Bell, but I th it was a bridge a little bit too far to cross for me. You went same thing, the Joku. Yeah, I, I went with the Joku just because I, I really, I really believe they didn't sold me on it. Um, that they, they will be throwing the ball. Like last year, we yeah. talked about the run game all the time, and why ain't you running Nick Chubb? I literally think this year, Nick Chubb might see twelve to fourteen carries a game. 
I think that's low. I know that guy was out there the other day. I still think that's low. Because they don't have Kareem Hunt anymore. Right. Well, listen, I was going to put, I was going to pick Ford as the breakout guy. Oh, yeah. Because of that. I thought about doing it, but I I just didn't know whether or not they, they they would, have that many carries available for both, right. but I think Njoku was uh, was a safe bet because Njoku is yet to be used in a way that you see a Travis Kelsey be used, right? But do you guys think he's capable? You think he could have a thousand yard season? Yes. And I mean, this, he had six hundred something yards. So to yes. me, if you guys are saying he's gonna have a breakout season, he's gotta have a thousand yards. Yes. I, I think I, with Deshaun, I think he can get there. I mean, he had six thirty with Jacoby and a yeah. half of Deshaun throwing to him. I just don't know. Thing worries me about Njoku is just the consistency. Yeah, like I go back to the Saints game, hit him right here in the yeah. end zone, chance to win the game. Right the now, ball. overall, last year he did improve. His hands got yeah, better. He did. he did, but that was a big drop. Yeah, yeah. and you can't have those. Yeah. yeah. Question for G and Jason here with Njoku making that next step, possibly getting a thousand yards. I think him and Watson will get that connection, but there's also going to be some other receivers in the fold. We assume. We hope, and <laughs> we assume. We hope. Yeah. That may take away from his. Uh, Target, target rate, yeah. yeah. Athletic tight ends are the ultimate mismatch to That's me. That's true. And and that should be that should be the guy when you're in trouble, where do you look at? That's where you go. Because, you go to eighty five. Because I, I look at linebackers are now being more and more like there's no guys that are playing linebacker from high school all the way through the pros. Nowadays, linebacker coverage is not what it used to be. That's true. The guys are running different routes. And those guys, it's a better matchup to throw against a third linebacker on your best tight end right. versus throwing to a third receiver that's getting locked up by somebody's nickel corner. So I, I agree. I think that's the best way to go about it. And I think tight ends, they, they're the biggest weapon. And I think that's why you see Kittle and Kelsey continue to kill people because it's just too difficult of a mismatch. Mike, before I give my answer, should we mention give Cole and Racing a little shout-out? Yeah, we'll give another shout-out. They deserve it here. Uh, our 12 o'clock lunch hour, as always, is sponsored by Cole Racing. Cole Racing, your Northeast Ohio NASCAR team. Bo, you go first, and I'll wrap us up with Jay. Okay, I went with uh, one of G's favorite players, Anthony Schwartz. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> You know, G's other favorite player. Yeah, Jedrick Wills. Oh, boy. Now, I, to me, I didn't even consider Njoku because in my mind, he was above – even barely, but above the line of, I don't just don't know that there's that much more at, at, at Njoku. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know. Jedrick Wills has raw talent. He, he plays for a great coach on a good offensive line. Now, he's had some injuries that he's dealt with, and he's a sloppy player. He has some bad habits. I'm hoping... That now two years off that injury he had that really screwed him up. Um, when you look at the PFF grades, he was actually a little better than I thought, like watching with the eye, because we're not watching him on every yeah. play. I just think his bad plays stand out. They're really bad. They're really bad. And I'm hoping that with the great coach, even though he's been there, and another year of experience, and with the contract starting to be a factor, that maybe he's going to start to clean up the sloppiness that's my hope. And and there's potential for him to become just a guy to a good starting left tackle. I think that would be good. I think there's a chance that's going to happen. I'll be honest, I don't feel that confident about it, but there was nobody else I had felt good about of their young guys, unfortunately. So Jay, when I texted him this, yeah. responded, easy answer. So he either took it a By different the, way. Okay, go ahead. Because I was going to say, yesterday, Jay tied himself into a pretzel trying to convince us all that Hot Rod Williams was a role player. Yes. <laughs> which yes. he was not. He, he also taught us something in a pretzel games. trying to tell us that Pat Mahomes outplayed Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. Well, that That's was a whole, a whole different well, topic. Well, G was with him on that one, though. I, I agree with that. Yeah. G was on a ride. Yeah. But, okay, this was Jay's answer. He said Jerome Ford. Which I oh, do which think was, was a pretty say, good yeah. Uh, selection. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Last season, he played very sparingly in the offense. Eight carries, 12 yards. Ironically, one of those rushes went for nine. So he had seven carries for three yards the rest of the time. But he was really positive in the return game. Uh, average 24 and a half yards a kick return. We saw a lot out of him in the preseason, which I think got us excited. He wasn't utilized a ton in the actual offense once the season started to roll around. But I do think with Kareem Hunt gone, with Chubb uh, just continuing to be on a – snap count or a, a carries count Ford's going to get a chance and I do think we saw enough in preseason in his sparing time to think he's going to play a decent role in this offense next yeah, year. Yeah and like, we don't know what they're going to do they might bring in another veteran running back you know a cheap guy to be in the mix 
they might they still have what's his name when they drafted two years ago um the Ernest no no the Ernest is a free agent too he's gonna be gone who's the kid they drafted Felton Dimitri Felton Dimitri Felton so he's in the mix too although I don't think they look at him as part he was a later pick also but but uh yeah I mean unless something weird happens Ford is gonna is the most likely guy to be their number two back yeah. yep yeah and he could be the, <coughs> he might end up being their third down pass catching back which in this offense if it's as pass centric as we hope it's going to be could be a, a decent role like I it wouldn't stun me if he ended up with 350 rushing yards and 350 receiving yards something like that, that would, so last that season Kareem Hunt Steve pull up 19 when you get a second yes. last season Kareem Hunt I'm going to show you his numbers yeah uh were 468 rushing yards three touchdowns yeah what percentage would you guys put it at that Ford can match that total this year one percent one rushing yards like total yards he can get 468 i would have said okay. i would have said 10 to 20 percent yeah so more realistic mm, at I, 300, I, would, I would say about 25 percent I, I, mean, I think he's gonna get some more carries this year i don't think he's gonna get more touch i i don't think he's gonna get more carries than kareem hunt now i do think kareem hunt has clearly lost the staff as we've talked about but i don't know i mean to get five 500 yards playing with nick chubb will not be easy Especially on an offense that you think is going to throw the ball more. He had more yards than I thought, I'll be honest. I thought it was about 370. Yeah, I don't think he's rushing for 470 yards. Like I said, I could see him rushing rushing for 300 and maybe receiving for 300. If he has 600-some-odd total yards, I think that would be great. Yeah. What do you guys think? Especially in the air. Like, if if, if they can make him – I like the – if he has fresh legs, and what I want him to do, because I think he is a home run hitter, the plays where you break a run and you score are are really important. Yeah. You know, people who break long runs and then get tackled and then, you know, they either the punt or kick a field goal, we want home run hitting ability. I think he has it. Yeah. I, I think he catches the ball really well. What did he run in college? What did he run in the combine? I don't know. Oh, I have no idea. He's a fast guy, well, he's, isn't he? Scored? Yeah, he's yeah. got some speed. Uh, I'll tell you in a sec, but. Yeah, like, couldn't he play the role that, like, of like Darren Sproles, he ran a four-four-four, right? Like, couldn't he be that role? Like, like James White played in New England. Yep. Like yeah. that's you know, like I don't see him getting a ton of rushing yards. I think Nick Chubb is going to get even a higher percentage of the rushing yeah. attempts, but I could see him catching a decent amount of passes. I guess we're having two separate conversations yeah. because yes, I, I, I three hundred rushing, three hundred receiving would be a great year for him, but right. I don't consider that a breakout. Right. That's true. Right. That's, right. And that's so true. that's where I'm kind right. of well, you, stuck you on You guys this. were thinking, and I was to some degree too, like guy becomes like a legitimate threat in the offense. Yes. Like, no one would say Kareem Hunt had a breakout year last year. No. If, right, right, if right. he's, if he, what is a breakout considering? Right. He'd have to have 700 yards or something like that. Oh, yeah. He'd go from being nothing to being a piece. Yeah. It's like the NBA's team. most improved award, which is the hardest thing to vote for. You to take a guy who went from being good to great, do you take a guy who is nothing to something? Right. I guess, I guess there's a little variance. Who's I got up one for more that name. this year? Devin Vassell? I think SGA might be the Tyrese the Halliburton. Right now. Halliburton's on there. Yep. I got another name to throw out here. Yep. He didn't Jaylen play Brunson. last year, right. so it's he didn't really count. But Jakeem Grant's a guy I do think plays a big role in the Browns next year. As a special team, yeah, yeah. And I think in the in the receiving yeah, game, I think he'll. Yeah, I think receiver? he'll be. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't think he's going to catch fifty passes, but in moments, yeah, I think he can help him in the receiving in my, game. I, my hope is that Jakeem Grant, and David Bell are the fifth and sixth receivers on the Browns. That they bring in two guys with the four they have, no yeah. Schwartz, none of these other guys, yeah. and they bring in two guys, one like a Brandon Cooks, and then one lottery ticket guy who's a guy who hasn't done much, has some potential, uh, you know, or maybe a draft pick at some. Yeah, like that. I, I'm, I'm, I like pairing rookies with a veteran just yeah. to hedge a bet a little bit. I like. There's got to be another veteran wide out on this team. There has to be, I think. Oh no, there's definitely have to be one. All right, guys, you got a final take? I actually, final I take? actually do. Yeah. Oh, G. Okay, it's all G, you, G. You go first. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, where's my camera at? Where's this, this one right here? Yeah. Um, so, I got a final take. You know, sad for the Ohio Bobcat. Um, sad for the Ohio Bobcat uh, nation. One of my teammates, Brad Young, just got news this morning that he passed away uh, tragically. He was 40 years old. Um, he was in a tree trimming accident um, in Florida. Mm. So he just uh, just passed away, only 40. Um, always a good dude, really good athlete, 
um, you know, played running back at Wellston. Um, I played with him for four years. And so um, condolences go out to his family and, and everybody at the Bobcat Football Nation, and uh, he'll be missed. That's sad. So you played with him for four years, you said? Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Was he a guy you kept in touch with or not really? Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult because we yeah, you don't keep play. in touch with everybody. Yeah, but we, we always message each other, you yeah. know, and Facebook or different things like that. But, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's crazy because when you you come to get, you come there and a lot of people just move off to different parts of the country, whether business takes you there, family takes you there. Yeah. But uh, he was always a dude really fast, ran like a 4'4", four, four, strong dude. Um, and, you know, just it's weird that I looked at his age and I'm like, man, you, you don't think yeah. that that time is going like that. But, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, that was 20 years ago. You know, so, um, you know, always remember, you know, your time is borrowed. You don't ever know what it's going to be. So you guys, you know, everybody got to live to the fullest of their capabilities. And I always got to remind myself to always stay in the moment when you got plans and goals and different things. Sometimes you let those plans and goals, uh, you know, strip you of, of the the urgency of being in the moment today. So, you know, when people like that pass away, it gives you a reminder that, you know, you're not you're not granted forever out here. So mm. I do appreciate, um, you know, the friendship we did have in college and condolences go to his family. That's sad. Mm. Jason, you got something? I don't know if it's a final take, but yeah. 72 hours from now, we'll be on a boat going to the Bahamas for Ooh, a weekend cruise. Nice. Yeah, we're leaving Friday. And I'll be back. I won't even miss the show. Leaving Friday back Monday. Wow. But like you, you, you guys go on cruises. You can book like these excursions. I've right? never been on a cruise. Oh, I've never go. been. You got to yeah. go. So you can go like you go to these ports of entry and you can yeah. like book these excursions. And so one of the places that we're going, it's like the private island the cruise line owns type thing. You can rent a cabana. Guess how much a cabana is at the private for like eight hours for the day? So like a hundred bucks. That's probably a reasonable guess. Yeah. Six hundred bucks. Maybe maybe two hundred. Like for for the like you talk about the canopy thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, two hundred. Two hundred. I'd pay. I'd pay what Mikey said. I'd pay six hundred. No. The going rate for a cabana on these cruises. Yeah. Three thousand. What dollars? Who would pay that? For oh, they're what? sold out. Besides, they're Jay, sold out. Would pay that. They're sold out. But I guess like I if you have, if you go with like four couples or something, like it yeah. can hold like eight. I mean, Why maybe. So, what are you getting for that price? Shade. shade. <laughs> <laughs> you get shade. Wait, I thought like cruises with good deals financially. Well, they are, but I mean, they are like but then once they you get on you the on these excursions. Once you get on the boat, like everything's included. We yeah. pay it's for like, like beer at a baseball game. Once you're there, you're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the drinks package, the alcohol package. Because everyone in your room has to buy it. You can't just buy one. Like, if oh. one buys it, they all got to buy yeah. it. $500 for alcohol for no, a three-day cruise. It's unlimited. It's unlimited, though, right? But $500 for three days. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have to worry about it because I don't drink. No, nah, we're yeah. not What's getting the food? We're not How does the food it. work on these cruises? The food is free if you eat in the main dining hall, like in the yeah. main dining room. Yeah. But the weights can be atrocious. And then they got r r restaurants. Oh, it's not a buffet places. style? Well, no, mo most of it's plated, uh, and you can order whatever you want, but you wait forever. Like, yep. you could be at dinner for an hour and a half, two right, hours, right. because oh, everybody's right. eating. So we paid the upgrade for, like, the, the all-you-can-eat steak, like the high-end steak oh, place, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the filet and lobster tail you can eat. So yeah, we did we did do that. Are you taking the kids? No. Uh, no. I, mean, I was going to say, you're I, a good father. We did a cruise with the kids a couple years ago. It was okay. brutal. And, no, it was good. Right. It was good. We had a great time. You but put them in like doing, a kids club or something. They something did like, have that, yeah. and my parents were actually there, so right. we took we took everyone. We took the whole family, and so it was great. And is this an adult only cruise? It is not. Uh, it is not. But um, but it's just her and I going. We don't want to be away from them more than a couple of days. Right, right, right. We want to be floating in the ocean if there's an emergency. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but the other thing, so there is like a private little beach club on this island yeah. for one of these stops for the day for passes for the day. Five hundred dollars, and all it is is Man. just a year away from the crowd. Is all it is. That's it so is crazy. insane. So like the cruise itself is a yeah. good deal, but some of these add-ons are totally outrageous. Mike, I three thousand for a cabana. I got a final thought, but first, tell me something. Yeah, real quick. The twelve o'clock lunch hour sponsored by Call It Racing. Call It Racing, your Northeast Ohio NASCAR team. Folks, proper etiquette when you park in a parking lot, please. For crying out loud, for the love of God, <laughs> don't park on the freaking line. <laughs> well, you got some fancy schmancy. If your car is so fancy that you got to take up two spots in the parking garage, 
then park it somewhere else. Pay for private parking. Have a driver, you idiot. Don't take them two spots. And make sure that the person next to you can get in and out of the car, especially if it's somebody fat like me. I'm getting less fat, but I'm still fat. And so can, can you have some respect. When I park, I always make sure the person next to me can get out of their car. Be respectful. Don't be a jerk. I hate those massive trucks. Oh. Those massive trucks that, like, you can't – it takes up do, the entire spot. I know, spot. and most of the parking lots in Cleveland can't handle do your Do your do your, uh, do your mirrors do, – do, do they – Mine tilting. Mine yeah. tilting. Yeah, that's yeah. tilting in the mirrors. Yeah. Hey, last thing, if anyone yes. needs advice on a cruise, Director Steve is the cruise maestro. Oh, no one loves going on a solo yeah. cruise better than Director Steve. All right, more on cruises and drunk LeBron tweets coming up in overtime. Yes. Right after I pee. <laughs> I got it.